This is Strange Assembly, episode 97, Future Proof. So, is Future Proof greater or less than 80 Proof? Because that's where I like mine. 80 Proof? It depends. How much alcohol do you plan to drink in the future? The distant future? The year 2000? In general. The not-so-distant but dystopian future of Android Netrunner. Dun-dun-dun. Okay. This is Strange Assembly. We're going to be talking today about the latest data pack for Fantasy Flight's Netrunner LCG, which is called Future Proof. I am, as always, your host, Chris Stevenson, and here with me today are David Kempe. Hello. Jay Earl. What's up? And Lucas Cook. Howdy. Not to be confused with our resident crane player who cannot be with us today. But we are going to get started right away on the cards. It is not mandatory, but you can also check out the Strange Assembly written review of Future Proof on our website, strangeassembly.com. And since I've already said much of my piece there, I will kick this off by letting Kempi talk about what I think is his favorite card in the expansion, Darwin. It's definitely my favorite runner card. It's so good. But it's the reason it's so good is because noise is so good. Yes. The idea that you're talking about there, if I understand correctly, is that you can use noise to dump lots of cards into the archives and just have one big Darwin turn to shred through everything that's protecting archives and hopefully steal these seven agendas you've dumped in there. Yeah. Instead of wasting clicks on Crypsis, you can waste money, which you should be getting anyway, on pumping Darwin. And right, right. Plus, every- with one, one cyber feeder doesn't even cost real money. Yeah. Though, I'm not a big fan of cyber feeder. But the big thing is that the corp has to clear viruses, wasting his entire turn, or you have a free run, free in quotes, anywhere that you want. Right, and I, I don't know about your experience, but my experience playing Noise, the corp does, generally speaking, does not clear virus counters anywhere near as often as they should be. Yes. I think it's a psychologically painful thing to do for a lot of players because I mean, it's, you know, here's my right, entire turn. turn. Yeah, so I understand why they're hesitant to do it, but I've lost track now of how many noise games where I probably still would have won the game, but I won the game right then because they didn't clear virus counters. If they had cleared virus counters, especially when medium gets built up crazy. The, the big thing is, if... You're playing against Noise, they install an imp with three counters on it, and they don't use one of the counters immediately, you should probably go ahead and clear virus counters. Because yes. imp is... imp hurts. Imp, imp. hurts a lot. <laughs> now, Darwin was one of three Anarch cards. The other one that seems to be getting talked about the most is data leak reversal. I opined that talk of bustedness of data leak reversal was overblown because it's you're getting like two cards into the bin at the cost of well, the, the, lots of two, risk. There's two problems with data leak reversal. One, since it is a resource, it's the same problem that um, now I'm blanking on the... Joshua B. Josh, thank you, Joshua B. The same problem that Joshua B has that as soon as you get that tag, if the corp doesn't have anything better to do, they can just trash your resource. Problem and two. Frankly, if you're running either Joshua B or Data Leak Reversal, they should be trashing it. Right. Well, yes. I mean, if they're, if they start their turn with absolutely nothing, there needs to be a compelling reason for them to not go click, click, trash. Or, you know, take a bit, take a bit, trash it. Even right. if they have nothing whatsoever else, you know. To be fair, if they have a Katie Jones down, they should trash that first. Uh, 
Uh, okay, yeah, there may be some other resource they could yes, trash. That, but... that would be a compelling reason not to. Frankly, data leak reversal, if you were actually crazy enough to let the runner survive to get another turn of that, their next turn is probably going to be four clicks, throw four cards in the bin. I mean, we were just talking about how strong noise can be now. Yes. And what does he do? He trashes cards into from R&D into archives. Data leak reversal, if they actually let it sit there, is much more efficient at that than noise is. Right. So that, that brings me back to point two, the other problem with data leak reversal. As the runner, there really is not a reliable way to get yourself tagged to activate the ability. There's Vamp, there's Account Siphon. There's Josh. There's Joshua B, but that's not going to work. Right. I'm not saying there aren't ways to get yourself tagged. I'm saying there aren't any reliable ways to do it. There's a couple of events and Joshua. And even if you do it reliably, the best you're looking at is I played the data leak reversal on a prior turn. I play whatever the event is that gets me tags. And then I, I guess I get to trash three cards with the data leak reversal. Yep. And depending on what corp I'm playing against, their turn may just be kill me. Right. Well, conversely, if I let's say uh, for whatever reason FFG prints a recursive recurring way to get tagged for a click, I can have my turn be Joshua B. So I'm at five. First one to get the tag. Next three to use the data leak reversal. Fifth one to strip off the tag and then use the New Angeles City Hall to get rid of the Joshua B1. I'm no longer tagged. I've killed three of their cards. That might be a, a competitive deck destroyer now. Considering where... that 16 mils is a statistics win, probably. Yep. Adding three extra mils with data re- leak reversal is huge in a noise deck where you only need to mill 16 cards to be able to win. Right. I mean, I've, I've played noise games already without going for the mill where the corp ends up with 10 cards or less in their deck at the end of the game. If I'm reliably doing data leak reversal, I reach a point where I could just sit back and not have to wor- not have to risk myself running to win that way. Well, but now we're talking about a hypothetical scenario where Fantasy Flight Games has printed a card that they haven't printed, and then right. you have like a four-card combo with other stuff in your deck. The thing sure. is, the runner, uh, sorry, Anarchs already have Vamp, which gives them a tag, and reduces the uh, corp to zero money. And they have Account Siphon, which gives them a tag, and reduces the corp to ten money. That's six events if you want to run them all. And Anarch has really good cards, doesn't really have to go out of faction for these, for, for much. Right, uh, plus... Plus, with Anarch, they're not... It's not like you're playing Criminal where they're going to ice their hand heavily. You might have a safe run into HQ to play both the Vamp and the uh, Account Siphon. I don't know. I, I basically think Data Leak Reversal is a card with potential to be horrific later, but right now is sort of... Eh, eh, right. eh. But the potential is there. I mean, I'm sure the potential is there for Worm to be a great card if you build a deck around it and something, you know, that specifically supports it comes out. I've seen Worm decks. I think they're terrible. I can't imagine them being better than anything else, but I feel like comparing a card that can mill the corp and to Worm I know. is not a fair comparison. I was yeah. making a point. Uh, yeah, I know. The other... And our card is shockingly also going to involve us talking about the archives, and that's Retrieval Run. Seen this a lot in criminal decks. Specifically Andromeda decks. Yeah. That draw a bunch of cards and discard Femme Patel. Because they just drew a bunch of cards. And Retrieval Run, Femme Fatal. Right. I mean, I I actually think that this is worst in noise simply because they're probably going to already have protection on archives, whereas everyone but noise 
you, that might just be a free, free run. Pay three, go pitch a card out of the discard. Specifically wizard. Yeah. Because, I mean, three influence is not anything to laugh at. Three, I thought it was two. It's two. Two? two. Yeah. Two is something to laugh at. <laughs> Maybe you don't laugh at it, but, you know. Snicker, snicker at it. Two is something to snicker at. Well, the the criminals do get their own in-faction cards as well. I think the more more obvious use one of them is Mr. Lee. Look, it's card filtering. Mr. Lee is insane. Is just absolutely bonkers. I am in awe of Mr. Lee. I feel like it's a better wild type. Yes. Yeah. Since you get to choose, yeah. The only thing Wildside has over Mr. Lee is since you get to keep both, for Genteki meta, Wildside is better. We need to meta against Genteki? I didn't say that. I said it is. I didn't say you needed it. Oh, okay. Maybe one day that when we do need to meta against... No, wait! Hospiroid's getting the first big box. Right. Someone's some... not bitter about that at all. <laughs> I think everyone is bitter about that. I have not met someone who is not bitter about that. You know, who knows what will come out after that. I remember that complaint about creation and control used to be, oh, look, it's the two most popular uh, and the two best factions that are getting the the set. And I don't hear you people saying that about the Shaper side of it anymore. So I haven't heard Shaper being the most popular thing since Andromeda came out. Well, yes, which was, you know, last month, but my, my point being that what, what, what is exciting can change, and what is exciting and popular can change very quickly in this game. Uh, what I'm trying to say is Hospiroid is still really powerful. I don't see Hospiroid not being really powerful in the future. One of the main reasons being they're the only faction with two three for twos. Is that right? NBN has uh, the NBN second has one in this yeah. set. Which is why NBN is getting a lot of play now. <laughs> it, yeah. Because we're awesome? Yeah. Blank three for two agendas are still very good, turns out. Go, go fast advance. Frankly, they're not shabby even in... Just I mean, just generally things. being able to throw it down and not have to pre-advance, i.e. telegraph to the runner. Because outside of Jinteki, as soon as you put some advancement counters on it, they assume it's a juicy target. Which, you know, that sort of mentality makes me want to run Junebug and Aggressive Secretaries. Oh, it's, that sort yeah. That mentality has me running Aggressive Secretary in my Hospiro deck. You should. I, I've been toying with the idea of putting both of those in my NBN deck. <laughs> Just to screw with people. Right. Is it uh, Aggressive Secretary or is it Project Beale? Let's find out. Go take a look. <laughs> uh, you can only hope. There is another <laughs> criminal faction card other than Mr. Lee, and that's Fairy, which you get to use once for a cheap break of a century and then dies. So you can break that archer that they oversight AI'd? For only or, four? For two. Or the, yeah. they just sprung on you generally. I mean, yeah, I, I like that it's Sentry Breaker, because Sentry is where you most often want need the, oh crud, you just res something I'm otherwise completely unprepared to deal with. Yeah, Sentries are the only, like, scary ice. Yeah. Fairy is what, in my Andromeda deck got me running, like, three turns earlier? Mm. Two turns earlier? So you're just like, well, as long as I've got the fairy, I'm willing to face plant into to anything else and she'll bust the evil, evil sentry for me? Yep. I'm gonna check, see what this ice is with my face. <laughs> that, that is the best way to break neural katanas. Yeah, I, I tend to do that. I don't... I, I don't know, maybe I'm 
crazy or, or other, because other people sometimes look at me funny when I do this, but I, my first action often is just, okay, I run my face into whatever you put on R&D, let's see what it is. Oh, I do that all the time, no, that's, too. That's what you should be doing, yes. Okay, people just but, seem to be like, I yes, I, I check what your ice is with my face, and my opponent's like, what? I'm like, I, I run into it. What? Yeah. I hope it isn't a neural katana, because... Right, I mean, there's some kind of scary ones, but honestly, those first two actions of run R&D, run HQ, that's a good move, because <laughs> other than neural katana, most of the scary stuff can't really hurt you. To my mind, early game Rototur is one of the scarier ice to see flop, just because if you don't have the Century Breaker, it might horribly cripple you, but you don't have anything for it to to do. Nothing at all. Right. <laughs> uh. You totally want to face check those first couple pieces of ice when you're setting up, not only because you, you find out what it is and what you need to deal with it, but also, that makes the corp poor. Corp, poor corp is good for the runner. By the way, this is the reason why I have stopped playing Forge Activation Orders in my criminal decks. Because you'd rather just face check them? I'd rather just face check the card. I right. one game at regionals where I had, in my host deck, two Neural Katanas, and my first Neural Katana hit his only Corroder and his only Crypsis. <laughs> Turn one. I won that game. Were there only two criminal cards in this? There are only two criminal cards in this, but there are three shaper cards, and we'll we'll start with what I think is the the highlight of it: R and D interface. During our our last audio review, when we we talked about HQ interface, and it was sort of like, well, we're not too excited about this, but how much, like, look how great it would be if it was an R&D version of this. And then, hey, look, it's an R&D version of that for the exact same cost. They could have upped this cost by to five or even six, and it would see, still see play in almost every Shaper deck. Totally. And I mean, I, many I, non-Shaper decks? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think at two faction cost, it'll see play in a lot of decks. And it should, because, yeah, if... You, at the end of the game, as a runner, you're often only able to run every other turn, but with the R&D interface, that's okay against their R&D. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, too. It also semi-obsoletes, in a way, immediately obsoletes the other Shaper cards in here because all of the Shaper cards are about looking at more stuff at the top of R&D on top of R&D, and it seems like R&D interface just does it much better than indexing or deep thought could well, I mean, hope they, of they doing. Well, I mean, they different parts. If you have both R&D interface and deep thought running, it's now every third turn that you actually have to bother going at R&D. To, to my mind, one of the strengths of indexing is not to, to not just to know what's coming, but also to be like, oh, what's that? You desperately need ice? Let's put that at the bottom. You desperately need economy? Let's put the that at the bottom. It's to also, stall the stall the corp. It completely messes with the corpse mind. Right. Do I draw it? Do I don't draw it? What's yeah. Well, but if I'm if I'm playing with R and D interfaces, which we've agreed that if I'm shaper, I'm playing with R and D interfaces. I mean if I have an R and D interface out, the opportunity cost of indexing goes up because indexing is replacing my normal benefits for making a successful run on R&D. So now instead of paying 8 bits or whatever it is to look at R&D for one card and then replacing that with indexing, now I'm giving up twice as much. Now I'm giving up looking at two cards. I mean, as soon as R&D interface hits the table, indexing gets strictly worse than it would have been. And Deep Thought, similarly, Deep Thought lets you look at the top card, which under normal circumstances is the only card you would get to access, but as soon as you have the R&D interface out, okay, now I know what the... If I made a successful run last turn, then and they didn't draw more cards, I already knew what the top card of the deck was, so Deep Thought didn't do anything. And if I didn't look at your stuff last turn, okay, now Deep Thought tells me what the top card of their deck is, but that doesn't actually tell me that I definitely should or shouldn't run, because there's another card I'm going to get to access, and I don't know what that is. 
the big thing Deep Thought is, is that Deep Thought is a one-cost virus program for two-faction cost. Yeah. Just splash it to mill a card, yeah. Noise is gonna play it. <laughs> is he really that short on viruses still? Well, cheap viruses. Ooh, yeah, Currently, the viruses that cost less than three are Imp, Data Sucker, Parasite. Parasite. So only nine already in your deck. Yeah, why not play <laughs> well, 12, also, 12 keep, that you can pay for one? Keep in mind, for Noise, unless you've got the Medium Bomb going, if you do have Deep Thought active... You see, oh, what's that? You've got uh, something I don't like coming? Let's kill that by dropping another virus. Yeah. No run required. Also, knowing what you're milling, pretty yes. good. Huge. <laughs> like, hey, there's an agenda on top of your deck. Hey. Mill. Hey, there's that ice that you want. Mill. Oh, you're short of money? Hedge fund. Mill. Frankly, I don't think seeing the top card playing noise that I would mill any more or less. Because generally when I'm milling with noise, I'm like, ooh, I've got a virus, I'm going to mill you now. Yeah. Partially, it's you listen to that list of things that you did, and and most of the time, everything that they've got is something that you have some reason to want to mill. Hedge fund, that's never a bad card. Unless they've got tons of money and no ice. And then you're in a weird situation, or, or if they've got tons of ice and no ability to play it, and then you don't care if they got they got good ice. But other than the variability of ice, there's always going to be a reason to hit an agenda or not. There's always going to be a reason to hit a lot of operations. There's always going to be a reason to want to hit good economy cards. The last runner card is New Angeles City Hall, which Jay mentioned earlier, and I really like. I think that there were arguments to be made, depending on what your local meta is, for, for running things like an out-of-faction decoy so that it makes it harder for NBN to just insta-kill you. And New Angeles City Hall, in a lot of ways, is better than that and is not a faction cost. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. And it does let you use Go Crazy with Joshua B if you so choose. And you have two credits a turn to do that. Yes. If you're willing to spend two credits to gain a click, yes. Yes, or you can use it with that account siphon. If you're not trying to do some data leak retrieval, give yourself tags. Two is how much you pay to get rid of a tag anyway. New Angeles City Hall just lets you do it without using clicks. And you can also use it on the corpse turn. Yes. At the worst case, even if it's something like Account Siphon where you had the ability to, to toss it anyway. But yeah, the big thing is that it, it lets you avoid, at least to me, the the really big, you can just shove this randomly in decks as a meta card, is yeah that it lets you use it on the corpse turn to avoid getting C-sourced or whatever. Does not work on uh, mid-season, though. Sure, sure it does. You just have to have some ridiculous amount of money and for some reason pay <laughs> twice as much instead of just paying to beat the trace. Yes. So, basically, if you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yes. pretty much. <laughs> in which case, can I please play you in the next tournament? Uh, well, you just come down here to Atlanta. I'm available anytime. <laughs> you're not an idiot. <laughs> anyway... Uh, are we on the corp now? Sure, sure. We're, we've already talked about, we've already well, at least mentioned a couple of NBN cards, so we can start with them. Mid-season replacements gives you another way to. Uh... Okay. <laughs> I just, okay. I just, I just thought of something that's. It gives you another way to tag the runner on your turn. But we were just having that silly New Angeles City Hall mid-season replacements. You can only play mid-season replacements. If they stole an agenda, which, so, which would just trash the New Angeles City Hall. So they have to have stolen your agenda and then played a new New Angeles City Hall for you to you'd be able to mid-season replace them, replacements them when they have a New Angeles City Hall out. Thus making our idiot runner player even less likely <laughs> to fall into that trap. 
So they're in uh, contention for the Scorched Earth Prize. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, just just so we know, um, mid-season replacements is really, really, really good. Yes. Are we all in agreement about that? I'm kind of getting tired of the Scorched Earth decks. So I don't really want to think about it. It's not necessarily Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth does it, but Psychographics is hilarious, too. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I believe uh, prior to recording, uh, Kempi, you were regaling us with your tale of living to the dream of getting to mid-season replacements into a Psychographics, into a Mega Advanced Project Beal for the win. Yes. Turn. Mid-season. Install Project Beal. Advance Project Beal 13 times. Go from 0 to 7 points with psychographics. Hooray, I win. Yes, well, and Project Beal, not even the best agenda of that cost in its own faction. NBN yes. has really good cheap agendas now. Yes, yes they do. NBN has really good agendas in general. It, yeah, well, and they also have what some have opined is the best ice in the game, Tollbooth, and they now get what seems like another solid, expensive ice to join it in the form of Flare, which Boom. is less, you know, you don't always get skin off the runner like you do with Tollbooth, but man, if you hit with Flare, that's one of the filthiest subroutines if you, if you can make it stick. That hurts. It really hurts. But it makes such a pretty explosion. What what else can Treasure Hardware right now? Power Grid Overload? Yeah. Really, really stringent on what kind of hardware you can actually trash. Flare, I won this won this trace against you. I guess I trashed tool, uh, Toolbox. Hooray! Bye-bye, Yagasaurus. Console, always a good target if it's out, and that's a type of hardware that the, the runner is always going to be packing somewhere in your deck, I think. Is there a runner deck that doesn't run a console of some sort? Uh, I tried to build a Shaper Darwin deck, and I had no need for any console. But apparently, from, from the fact that you described that as trying to build the deck... This was not a terribly successful endeavor. <laughs> I tried really hard because I didn't want to play noise. Because I hate noise. I noise really, really hate noise. What? Yeah. Where's Jay? You you must just love this one, Jay. Because you like like noise. NBN is what you play most. Yes. <laughs> NBN, of course, got a fourth card. It's identity, which is, and it's very strange in that out of. Out of the four NBN cards in this set, I feel like the one that matters the least is the new identity. But it does have the best flavor text ever. It does. Yes. <laughs> the world is yours, asterisk. Some restrictions may apply. <laughs> I, I want to know how to scan the card. Out. How do you scan the card? Yeah, I, it's kind of sad. I don't know if it's, if they missed an opportunity by not having a, uh, like QR code a on QR there. code on the... Well, because that's it's interesting. I, I've seen there are actually some games that that do stuff now. Like they'll have you can put a QR codes in the rule book, and then it, when you scan the QR code, it takes you to like a tutorial video about that part of the game. Or God, it could have an ever updating FAQ. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be way too nice. Therefore, it will never happen. No. Yeah. Let's jump from a faction that got a lot from this set to what feels to me in a in an expansion where I think everybody got something playable the faction that seems like it got the least in faction card quality is Wayland yes because Burkbug seems just bad yes Hold on, I will let you know. I have put it in a new Wayland deck that I have built, but I have not tested it yet, so I will let you know. Uh, I'll translate. So, Lucas is about to take Burkbugs out of a Wayland deck? Yeah. <laughs> no, when he gets there. 
<laughs> Correct. And dedicated response team, like, I-, I can see a place for this, except that against a Wayland deck... No one's going to be tagged. You're, you're just going to kill them. How long? How often do you sit there against a Wayland deck and be like, well, I, it doesn't really matter that I have these this tag on me, so I'm just going to let it sit here so that it seems like the dedicated response team you get to use once. Right. I, I, I feel like the, the, the response team is best in the flat Jinteki that's also tagging. The thing is that dedicated response team combos with Snare. It combos with Bernice Mai. It combos with Ghost Branch. Because it triggers at the end of the run. So, you run on a Bernice Mai, and Bernice Mai tags you, as she is wont to do. And then I res two, maybe three dedicated response teams. And... Do six meat damage. Well, well, wait, wait, wait. Let's see. There, you missed a step in there. You res dedicated response team. I get the option to pay to trash it. It's not necessarily it's, you're running on dedicated response team. Yes, if you have the dedicated response team installed on some other, but now you're talking about having multiple assets installed on some other server that's not the one that I'm running on. It's. I agree that it's playable. I agree that it's got possibilities, but. I also think that the single best thing about the card is the upside-down art. <laughs> so that from the runner's point of view, it's the dedicated response team coming for them. <laughs> I think that's that's cute. There's a couple. That's that's a really, that a really good art thing there. They had the good flavor text with uh, the world is yours, certain restrictions apply. It's pretty good. The big thing with dedicated response team is you can't... If you are a runner, you have to spend three to trash it. Yes. And you'll get two meat damage while that happens. No, no. you don't. No, because it's already gone. Yes, you get to trash it before the run ends. So if oh, when a successful run ends, right. which is yeah. why it does work okay. with snare, because snare hits before the run ends. Right. Yes, but you can so still trash the dedicated response team, right? Well, if it's in the yes, server you, that you're running, if it's in that server, yeah. So dedicated response team is an asset. Snare is an asset. They're not going to be on the same server. server. Right, I'm sticking with my best-in-flat Jinteki tagging deck. It's a specific deck. It's, you're, you're playing the newer Jinteki identity. So to, to hit the dedicated response team, they had to have gone at one of the centrals. And if you're focusing on tags, all of the centrals should have ice that's going to tag you. Then they just trash the dedicated response team... True. Well, it, but the run they made on the central on the central server, then you hit them, yeah. Because then, because right. then even ice tags will, yeah, the ice tags will work too. I just exactly. I feel like Jinteki then is you're stretching yourself in a lot of different places because you're right. Jinteki has to import the ice then too, and dedicated response team is already a faction cost three. Well, right. So I, I, I don't know who I've seen. response teams, that's nine faction costs. You run three shadows because you want something advanceable. And that's, what, three. So that goes up to 12. And then you could run two of something else that tags. And then run three hunters because hunters really good with chump. I think we have just described the deck that is way too combo-tastic and not, not great. You mean Jiteki? Yeah. I feel like you're better off with dedicated response team just trying something cutesy like throwing it in one server and then throwing something and advancing it in a second remote server and then they run on that one because it's the one that's got the advanced card in it and then you can you know throw some tags on them with ice and then dedicated response them from somewhere else that seems like the most if you're actually playing that out of Wayland... It doesn't make sense out of Wayland. Because you don't care about the meat damage? No, because, like... Cause you're not going to have the servers hanging out by themselves. Well, you, you, have to, you have to make it in a Wayland deck that is not the Wayland deck you're playing right now. I guess. But just the, the faction cost makes it so prohibitive to 
you're now you're making it a build around card in another deck that doesn't have the ability to build around very well. Well, I mean, Jinteki has more tags than Wayland does. Does it? Am I just assuming that Wayland has lots of tags because it feels like it should? Wayland has. Wayland has the bags, not the tags. Wayland has Shadow, and that's all I can think of that anyone would play. Shadow and the uh, the agenda, which I mean, if you are forfeiting that, you better win on your uh, win this turn. Posted bounty. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what what could you use in your Wayland deck, Draco Hunter. <laughs> which Jinteki could also use. Salvage, yeah, and Shadow. And we remember how we how good we all thought Salvage was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, but let's see. Haas Bioroid, which seemed to be making you irate, Kempi, got Eli 1.0, which I was very excited to see. What? Just because Yogg doesn't eat it? Yes, that's exactly correct. I'm like, oh my god. It's a cheap piece of ice that Yogg doesn't eat. I really like Eli. It went immediately into my Hospiroid deck, and it performed well at the regionals. I liked it. I am of the mindset that all of my corp decks should have an equal amount of every kind of ice, unless I plan to make some really weird corp deck that only runs sentries because the runner can't break sentries as easily as they can break everything else. But as of right now... I try to keep everything even, so Eli is good. It's just, it's not going to replace Enigma in my deck, because I still want to have six code gates, five or six code gates. I guess I don't really think about it as much in terms of categories of ice. I, I mean, I think about it in the first order as as what sort of role it serves. And so there has to be a certain amount of ice that that I can double ice on the first turn. And, okay, I know that there are arguments to be made that the the Bioroid ice isn't that great for that, but, well, you know, you're playing HB. So it's more of, like, big ice versus early game ice, more than I think about necessarily code gate versus barrier versus... uh. Something else. But yeah, I just really got sick of Yogg eating my entire Codegate lineup in whatever the prior... The, I mean, I, I, I changed off it at some point because I got tired of it, but there was a, a point in time when I realized that Yogg just ate my entire... Like, ate like a third of my Haas Bioroid ice. It was ridiculous. Probably three victors and three enigmas. Yeah. Uh, not that it necessarily happens a lot, but I had, you know, like I have a game at regionals where I had just a weird draw, and I had three of those on the board and two of them in my hand, and I'm like, it's like I've got five pieces of ice that do nothing because my opponent has one Yogg. Partially because of Yogg, why I'm sort of running fewer code gates, and most of my code gates now are Tollbooth. Yeah. Yep. Tollbooth and pop-up window. Oh, yeah. I'm not even running pop-up window. Now, the other HB card is Rur Valley. I like Eli. I do not like the Rur Valley. Nah. Uh, it was played against me at regionals. It didn't matter. The big thing with Rur Valley is that... There, well, I guess there's two things. One, unlike the uh, dedicated response team, it's only protecting this one server, which means... They can just trash it, and it costs you more to res it than it costs them to trash it. So it, it seems like a unless the the runner is going in there short on ice, you're you're doing something like I res Rur Valley, or or short on cash. I, I res Rur Valley, paying six, and then you crash into my fort, and for four, okay, now the Rur Valley's gone. I paid a net of two bits to make you lose a click, and the. Timing is not good for Roar Valley, either. Yeah, you can't res it in the middle of the run. You can't be like, I run on that fort. Um, no, wait, before you do that, I res this. And then the final corp faction is Jinteki, which is the the one that I like 
I like the best, but is, you know, the worst, so I don't play it. Yes. They got two good things. Well, now, I like Midori, the better of these two, and I like Midori because, okay, one, she's free. This isn't a very important part. She's There's a good chance she's just going to get trashed or something, but then I just cost the runner three clicks, so I'm okay with that. Or not three clicks, but three three creds. Yeah. And she actually could help with some of that goofy stuff that Jinteki has if you're actually playing with the, the situation. Yeah. Or she may just randomly be like, oh, I have a code gate here. My opponent just played Yogg. I will swap it, swap it for some random other piece of ice. It's it's a bit more painful if you have to swap a, a res dice for an unres dice and then pay to res it, but you may just completely ruin their day. Right. Well, and especially with Jucheki, it's like, oh, suddenly Chum g- gets scary again because you've gotten it's back to mystery box of what's behind Chum. And they already chose not to break Chum. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I will flip it to the thing that you don't have the icebreaker out for. Okay, and then you also like Ronin? I like Ronin more than Midori, actually. The reason being is all of Jinteki's advancement stuff, and by all I mean, what, Junebug? <laughs> yes. Uh, and Aggressive Secretary, because, by the way... Hilarious. Yes. is really good. Say, don't run on me. You need to not run on me. It's really important. And Ronan says exactly the opposite. You have to run on it, or we've talked about how good snare is. It's a snare that you can happen have happen at a drop of a hat. That's really good. Right, it makes it that... Something with two advancement counters that I've been ignoring for a few turns. Something that you still have to pay attention to. Well, let me, and here's, here would be my argument against Ronin. There are going to be times when the runner will merrily end their turn with two cards in hand and you'll win the game. And those times will be awesome. There will also be times when you Use a click to install Ronin, and then you use four clicks and four creds to advance Ronin, and then you use a fifth click, and then, no, sorry, you then use a sixth click to trash Ronin. And then your opponent will use three clicks to draw three more cards, and you've just lost economy. Oh, yeah, you, you've played Ronin wrong. Yeah, you, you, you only of... use Ronin to kill. Well, no, yeah, I mean, but so, so you, you're relying on the runner. Can you rely on the runner? I guess that there's got to be some point in time when they... You're playing Jinteki. If you're not just constantly draining them of cards, something is going wrong. If if the runner can't... If you advance something four times, and the runner can't expose it, there's going to be a lot of times that the runner can't run on that. They will lose if they run on that, and it is either a June bug or an aggressive secretary. The game will be over. They cannot run on that as, as that remote server. So you just wait until they run anywhere, and you go Ronin, Neural MP, Neural MP. That's five cards, and the number of times that a runner ends his turn with four cards is much bigger, more than the number of times that the runner ends his turn with two. That is true. Plus, with mo- as with most Jinteki cards, it's all about the mind games of how you can make your opponent convinced that that is or is not a Ronin, and how to deal with it. Uh, okay, so there's one card left in here, which is Corporate War. It's an awfully gray-purple card. I, I like it because it has Rocket Launcher. I don't like it. I like it because in my Hostec, anyway, I almost always had more than seven credits, but that's because I would melange for about five turns. It's win more. I'm always more attracted to cards that, all the things being equal, to cards that will help me recover if I'm not doing well. So if I'm playing a deck and something has gone wrong and I've got my economy is not going well, 
corporate roar is now mega terrible. Whereas if I'm already doing well and my economy is humming, oh, well, now it's extra icing on the cake. The big thing with corporate war is a lot of people, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to want to run it because they don't want to run private security force. Like, is corporate war better than a blank four for two in a lot of matchups? I, I don't know. Honestly. Okay, then. Anybody want to make any uh, surely-to-be-proven-wrong broad environmental predictions before we sign off? I could try to make an, a, a prediction that since Criminal didn't get anything this set, Criminal's going to be worse, and that's not the case. Well, I thought you said you adored Mr. Lee. I adore M- Mr. Lee, but didn't Criminal get the least card? They got Mr. Lee and Fairy. Well, I think that Wayland got the least. Wayland got two, Criminal got two. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant I, I was. I thought we were taking quality into quality. account. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Wayland got objectively worse cards. Yes, they did. Yeah. So yes. W- well, uh, Jinteki and Wayland and HB and Criminal got two. So most of the corpse only got two. But for the runners, which I guess is probably a better comparison, Criminal got the worst cards, even though Mr. Lee is really good. Because... He's no R&D interface. He's no R&D interface. Yes. And he's no Darwin. So... I would agree. The criminal yeah, criminal got the least out of the runner side of this. Runners are still going to be really insanely good. It's still good to be a runner. Well, conveniently, when you go to a tournament, you always get to be the runner. The, the big thing is that I don't know why they decided to put the economy of this game on its ear by giving the runner the better economy instead of the corp. Which is how the original Netrunner was. I cannot tell you, I don't think that uh, we matter enough to get Fantasy Flight to give us interviews to ask questions like that. Oh, sad. <laughs> Just to ambush them at Gen Con. Yeah, it's hard to get anything good on recording when you're ambushing somebody, it turns out. Not unless your objective is to just, like, embarrass or annoy them, which really is not our objective here. Wait, that's not our objective? I'll be right back. No, we just, we just, we embarrass ourselves and annoy our listeners, but that's incidental. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not our, not our purpose. So, uh, okay, so what do you think on the corpse side, then? NBN? NBN improves the most, obviously. Yes. Yeah. A- NBN has a deck, which they they sort of haven't had. I mean, they, not... they had a deck before, but it's much, much better now, yes. Psychographics, you can actually play and actually be able to consistently do it without the, the runner having to completely lose all hope first. But the runner losing all hope is so fun to watch. Yes, but it doesn't happen consistently. You're just doing it wrong. I feel like with Ronin, Jinteki has a deck, honestly. I feel like Ronin gives Jinteki a deck. Is it as good as any of the other factions? Probably not. Because of that, now no one knows how to play against Jinteki. So maybe Jinteki's good now. Anyone plays Jinteki. Yeah, I feel like Ronin gave Jinteki a nice boost in the head games, but they've still got the problem of they don't have infection ice, they don't have enough quality infection ice, and they don't have enough infection economy. Those aren't important, are they? That's my mind is the problem with Jinteki right now, is you need to import both of those things, and you just don't have enough influence points to pull that off. <laughs> Jinteki was the first corp deck that I made. Now it's sitting in a box, but that's okay. Someday it will come back. I mean, Jinteki's still my fun deck. Well, what can I say? I'm an evil, fun-loving... I mean, sorry, I'm an evil, fun-sucking wanker. And Speaking of being an evil, fun-sucking wanker, the uh, duration of this 
call is becoming terrifyingly large. <laughs> so just, just edit out all the things that I said throughout the entire thing. I think you'll be fine. I'm not really so much concerned with the audience having to listen through it. I think that, bizarre as it seems, I think that people who download our podcast actually enjoy them. listening to it. <laughs> and uh, and if they they like listening to half an hour, it's not going to come and listen to 40 minutes. The problem is that you said I have to go through and edit your stuff out. That's the problem. It's that after we talk for an hour, I have to edit for two or three, which uh, is hard to fit in. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh. visit... The Strange Assembly website. Click on the Please Pity Chris button if you've appreciated this. Nobody clicks on that button nearly enough, I think. There, there's a pre- Please Pretty Chris. Well, actually, it says Donate, but, you know. <laughs> same, that, that same thing, but <laughs> so, somehow I still haven't seen the button. Well, apparently it needs to I'm be kidding. more prominent. Yes, I've seen the Donate button. <laughs> That's okay. So... But this has been a Strange Assembly review of Future Proof for the Android Netrunner Living Card Game from Fantasy Flight. You can check out more of our content about Netrunner, the Star Wars LCG, Legend of the Five Rings card game, or other games by visiting us at strangeassembly.com. You can also chat with us on Facebook, where Strange Assembly there, or on Twitter, where we're at Strange Assembly, just because Twitter wants to be different. In the meantime, for Lucas Cook and David Kempe and Jay Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson, and happy hacking. Because it's going to be the future soon. I won't always be this way. The things that make me weak and strange get engineered away.